you're tuned in to the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. Powerful ideas to rock your restaurant. Here's your host, Roger Bodwin. Welcome back, guys, to the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. My guest this week is George Deeb from a company called Restaurant Furniture Plus. Now, George and I originally spoke a couple of months back all about how his company serves the industry with your furniture needs, but then suddenly the pandemic hit and the episode wasn't quite as appropriate, so we will be releasing that episode in the future. But nonetheless, I decided to have George back because his company put out a survey to 30,000 restaurants in his database, and the results are quite telling. It all started on March 11th when the pandemic was declared by the World Health Organization. And then here in America, obviously, restaurants came to a standstill. Governors and, and the government put out stop you know, dining orders and that sort of thing, which shifted all our business model over to the pivot, of course, the takeout, the delivery model. But nonetheless, uh, this episode is all about the statistics, the sales performance of restaurants from the largest international chains right down to the single unit mom and pop operations. We cover it all. And it literally is a timeline of everything that's happened and what's happened to restaurants. And then we also talk about what you can do to come out stronger on the other side. It's, of course, all about knowing your critical numbers and having a strategic plan in place for the future. So stay tuned to this episode with George Deeb. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Restaurant Rockstars podcast, and these are unprecedented times. Uh, the future is very uncertain. This is the worst disaster to hit our industry ever. No one really knows what's around the next corner, but all of our episodes now are obviously designed and, you know, we're putting these things together to help operators um, not just survive this crisis, but come out the other side as stronger operations. And it's time to kind of put systems in place. I'm really excited today. I have Mr. George Deeb, and he is the co-CEO of a company called Restaurant Furniture Plus. And George and I actually got together weeks ago before this whole thing was breaking. And we're going to release an episode of George in the future because what his company does is so highly relevant to this industry. It's all about the furniture that you need. So we'll get there in the future. But for now, what's interesting is George and his company have put together a restaurant industry survey. And there's some pretty amazing statistics that, that I think will all be relevant to us concerning COVID-19. So George, with that, thank you again for appearing and welcome to the show. Roger, thanks again for the invite. It's fun to be uh, talking to you again. Well, that's great. So you put the survey together and there were 30,000, um, I guess, restaurant operators in your database and out went the survey and the results were pretty interesting. I wouldn't say they're, they were surprising, but let's, let's talk about some of those statistics and then some of the other things that we've been hearing within the industry. And then we'll also talk about what operators can do, uh, as I mentioned, systems and what they you know, could be doing, what they are doing now that's working, not working, that sort of thing. So let, let's begin with the survey. I thought that it was really sort of interesting that 88% of your survey respondents, George, said that sales were down uh, greater than 50%. Um, as soon as this sort of thing started breaking. And that's not surprising to me. I own a restaurant that, uh, you know, I've only owned for eight months. I was in this business for two plus decades, sold all my restaurants, call me crazy, got back in the business eight months ago, and now I'm dealing with the same crisis that the rest of the industry is. But we actually um, noticed a 70% decline in our sales. 
And what's interesting is um, almost 30% of your respondees are claiming that, uh, you know, their sales were down 51 to 75%. So yeah, this is pretty no- typical of the industry. Um, there's sort of a timeline that we'll talk about, but Starbucks, I guess, uh, early in March was predicting that their revenues were going to be down $430 million. And that's sort of a bellwether for the industry. You know, some of these high profile chains that have international operations are taking huge hits. And, you know, our audience is, is all over the place. We have independent operators. We have franchise operators. We have, you know, chain managers. I mean, our audience is, every, is everything really in the business. But, I mean, these statistics, George, I mean, you've never seen any of this happen. I mean, none yeah. of us have, right? Yeah, definitely not. I mean, it's not just the restaurant industry. It's all industries are just completely under siege right now. But especially mm. anything that's hospitality related, the restaurants, the hotel chains, the airlines, the amusement parks, wherever people are gathering or, or where it's getting shut down. And that's where the financial impact is being seen the hardest. And yeah, I mean, my takeaway from the survey we did was exactly what you what you just summarized, which is, oh my God, I can't believe how big this impact is. I mean, you know the restaurant business. The restaurant business is a very low margin, you know, lucky to get a 10% net margin bottom line business. And if you're losing 75% of your sales or more, oh my God, I mean, it's, you're completely under siege right now. Correct. And, you know, it was interesting for us to learn that half of the businesses that we surveyed completely just closed their doors altogether in terms of just pausing their business and waiting for the markets to recover and reopen open them later. The half that stayed open, you know, are obviously dependent on carry out and takeout. Um, but you know, those, those delivery kind of businesses are not enough to make up the volume you were losing from the dining room. So you know, it's sad to see what's going on in the industry. I read a report about, you know, 16 million uh, jobs in the food service industry and 7 million of them were lost, you know, in the last couple of weeks. It's just horrible. And it's hard to kind of, you know, re- reset your footing and figure out how to take your business forward from here. Well, it's interesting what you mentioned because you did talk about the pivot and, There are restaurant operations out there, the quick serve restaurants, the pizza delivery services, those that really relied on that model before are still thriving because so many restaurants have shut down their dining service as government mandate and all that sort of thing. Some have pivoted, but now there's, there is still a demand out there. If you can figure out the contactless payment and the curbside pickup so that the customer isn't exposed to anything and you, you maintain cleanliness and all that. So, you know, those operations are still doing well, but I think the key takeaway here, George, is the restaurants that have been forced to pivot can still make money provided they limit their service, limit their staff and figure out what days they have the business and what their daily break even number is. Because there are days that they might make good money and it makes sense to be open. There are days where it makes no sense to be open and they've got to figure that out. But it really, you know, starts with that number. What is your daily break even, which obviously is the sum total, your fixed and variable costs over a 30 day period divided by 30. 
and bang, there's your magic number, you know, and that's obviously your food, beverage, labor costs, your utilities, your rent, your mortgage. I mean, every single thing you pay is either a fixed or a variable cost, but there's your magic number. And now, uh, you know, for those that are, are struggling with this, for those who are seeing good business on some days and slower business on others, start there and maybe limit service and limit staff. And that leads to the whole next thing that we can talk about in a moment in the relief programs. But, you know, let's stick to the stats for a few minutes. Um, there was a timeline here as well, and everything seemed to break apart. And every state was different, of course, but March seems to be sort of that, you know, where, where everything seemed to just sort of take a, severe left turn. And I believe it was March 5th when Starbucks made that prediction about what they were expecting their sales would be. And then on March 11th, I know the World Health Organization actually declared this crisis, the pandemic on March 11th. And I think that's when things started to shift and customers suddenly got really, really scared, you know, and, and all state governments were telling people, stay home, stay off the beaches, stay out of groups. It's like group events were getting canceled left and right. So, you know, there's a certain amount of panic that set in, wouldn't, wouldn't you agree, where you're bombarded every day on the news and this is all we're hearing. So it, it really affected the consumer's behavior. Well, you just hit the nail on the head. I mean, fear is paralyzing, yeah. right? And when you turn on the news and the only thing they're talking about 24-7 is, you know, pandemic, 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 and it's, it's hard to avoid it. And it's hard to get, you know, confidence and kind of going out there and doing your normal thing when everybody's telling you to kind of lock down and and protect yourself. So, you know, that's for sure. I want to go back to something you just said earlier. The the, the concept about, you know, certain formats of the restaurant industry are doing better or worse than others. Um, you, You talked about the pizza business you know, let's take some learnings from the pizza business, right? While, while most restaurants, according to Eater Magazine, had seen a 54% decline at the time their article was written, the pizza businesses were up 44% with their deliveries, right? So companies like Pizza Hut and Papa John's are hiring in record numbers because they can't keep up with the surge of volume that's mm-hmm. coming from the Correct. pizza delivery business. That's right. So if you need to pivot your business, and maybe you didn't offer pizza before, but people are looking for pizza. If there's a way for you to bring those type of products and services that, that you otherwise weren't selling, but you could be selling today to kind of tap into that demand, Absolutely. that's a good thing to be doing. So we're talking about a strategic decision that may mean survival for your business or, you know, I think part of these statistics are 3%. The National Restaurant Association actually reported in March that 3% of restaurants had already closed permanently. They just made the decision, this won't work. We don't know what's going to happen, but I can't possibly survive this. They predicted another 11% throughout April were going to close permanently. And then obviously the majority of restaurants not the majority, all restaurants are closed for sit-down service. But those that have pivoted, that have figured this out, might become the new norm for the future. And we may shift our entire way of thinking. But I mean, this is the time to get strategic and really, you know, systemize your operation. If you've got idle time, if you're operating less hours than before, if you're slower than before, you're still somehow making it go now's the time to work on that business and figure out, okay, how am I going to come out of this stronger than I am now? Now's the time to train your staff. Um, it's really interesting. I'm a, I'm a trainer for an international company called Tipsy. 
And Tipsy presents all, all types of hospitality and staff training courses, and they're offering, you know, some services right now complementary to those restaurants that are idle. And there's so many other operators, like Grubhub has announced, okay, no commissions on their delivery services. Everyone is rallying together to help this business, like I said, survive. So I guess the key takeaway is you've really got to figure out what the resources are that are available. You got to take advantage of everything. You got to limit your menu. You got to limit service. Like you said, if you've never done pizza before, do you have the equipment to sort of shift your menu to what is in demand right now? I mean, these are all key takeaways. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I want to go back to the, the topic you were talking about, the National Restaurant Association and their you know, prediction that 14% of the, of the units in the, in the marketplace are going to get closed coming out of this uh, pandemic. There was an even worse article in the New York Times that has, was talking about that 75% of the independent restaurants that have already closed temporarily to mm. kind of deal with the crisis, they're expecting that two-thirds of those, 67% of those closed businesses that were independents are not going to make it out the other end. I mean, it's a very grim forecast. And if you if you kind of do the math on that, that's 50% of all restaurant locations mm-hmm. because most of those restaurant locations are family-owned independent businesses. They're not right. well capitalized. Right. They're not, right. they're mm-hmm. not positioned to kind of, kind of get through this thing. So if that really happens, well, holy crap, it's terrible for the industry. The flip side is the silver lining is if you're if you're strategic enough in how you block and tackle and survive the volume that will be there for you on the back end as half of the restaurants evaporate and you're one of the last people standing, that's going to be really good for your revenues long-term. What you just said triggers two thoughts and I want to go down both roads and I don't want to forget either. So if I do, George, let's keep this in mind. I want to talk about part of the survey was what the respondees expected the timeline would be before business recovered and got back to normal after the quarantine is lifted and all that sort of thing. I want to go there, but then I also want to talk about this survival thing because there are still so many restaurants that have not, you know, applied for some of these government relief loans. And that is the key. At no other time in history could you have a business that was sort of on the verge of not doing well or going out of business because you're undercapitalized or you just hadn't quite, you know, figured out the systems. And now suddenly here's a bailout plan that gives you one immediate cash that in certain cases can be forgiven where you don't have to pay it back as long as you're bringing your staff back, which is a beautiful thing because staff are the backbone of our business, of course. And then you can pay your utilities and your mortgage interest and those things. And then, you know, the SBA has that program. It's called the Paycheck Protection Program. My restaurant has qualified for that. So I encourage every restaurant, if they haven't already talked to their lenders, if they haven't contacted every one of their vendors and suppliers and negotiated concessions with everyone you do business with, you know, and and that is one way you're going to get out the other side. So that's really, really important. So let's go back to that you know, what, what, did, what did we learn from your survey about what are restaurants thinking will be the time they can get back to business? I mean, it's so unpredictable, but let's just talk about that. Yeah. So there, there was two parts to that answer, right? The, the first question we asked was, how long do we expect it before your revenues will recover to historical levels after the quarantines end? And there was a wide range of an- answers. I mean, you know, as, 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 as small as three months, as large as well over a year. Uh, the peaks in the answers, uh, half of the group was in the three to six month range, and the other half of the group was in the over one year range. 
you know, so if you, if you kind of take the midpoint there, you know, nine months is sort of the midpoint of those two areas. So that, that, that's in terms of getting your revenues back. The next question was asked was, okay, well, once your revenues have recovered, how long will it be before you're investing in your businesses again? You know, you have enough cash flow to be, you know, in our case, selling you furniture or opening up new locations or doing remodels or whatever it is that you need to do to kind of move your business forward. Mm -hmm. It was it was the same kind of thing. It was a wide range of answers from as few as three months to as long as over a year, midpoint of around nine months again. If you take the two pieces together, the nine months to get the revenues to recover, plus the nine months to get your cash flow to recover, so that you're back investing in your business again. For people that serve the restaurant industry like ours, we're talking 18 months before they're going to be back even close to thinking about new locations or furniture or things like that. Well, that's very interesting to me. And again, these are responses to the survey. But based on what we've already talked about, almost anything can happen. Because let's just say when the dust settles, a lot of businesses will no longer be in business, which means competition will be less. And there may be this huge pent-up demand, as you had mentioned earlier, because there still are so many people that have not taken advantage of these services, and they really have limited going to the grocery store, and they've hunkered down in their houses, and they just haven't gone out. And when this whole thing gets lifted and people start to venture outside again, they're going to be going back to restaurants. So it's anybody's ballgame. But again, every neighborhood, every location, every city, metropolitan area, it varies so dramatically across the country. So you really have to know, one, who your target customer is and where they're coming from. And you got to stay relevant. One of the key takeaways in many of these podcasts we've been doing lately is what can we be doing as operators to keep in touch with our existing customer base to let them know, hey, this is a tough time for all of us. You're struggling. We're struggling. But we're thinking about you. We will be open again. We don't know when. We miss you guys. But stay relevant. I know we've been doing Facebook posts for our place. We did a major kitchen remodel just before this whole thing blew apart. So we took pictures of the crew you know, clean in the kitchen, ripping the equipment out and the after results, anything you're doing to improve your property now, you know, put it out there on social media to your followers. Say, hey, you know, we're working on this. We're doing the best we can. And then there's all those programs that, and it's great because there's a lot of press around this, but, you know, so many organizations and industry uh, leaders are stressing to the consumer out there, hey, if you really like a restaurant, if you really want to help them through this time, buy some gift cards now that you can use in the future. Buy some retail merchandise that they might be selling online. Support the industry if, you know, you know, if you have favorite restaurants or whatnot. All these things are great. But keep in mind as an operator, staying relevant with the consumer is one of the keys to your future success. You know, 100% Top of mind. That's 100% right. And, and yeah. one of the best things you can do to stay relevant is just make sure you're staying front of mind. Mm-hmm. If you're one of those restaurants, half of the marketplace that decided to stay open, make sure your customers know that you're open. You know, not many people are, are knowing which restaurants are open and which ones are closed. And they're just Correct. kind of avoiding everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, I was driving down the road the other day. And uh, First Watch, the, the breakfast chain, Oh, yes. Yep. Um, First Watch. You know, they just completely took a sign over their front of their store that was so large and so big that it said, open for business, you know, for carryout, right, right. you know, to let the drivers buy know that we're still here, right? Just so, so make sure you're making it visibly known both uh, on, on your physical facilities and in your social media and your email marketing, whatever you're doing to let your customers know you're there and you know we would appreciate whatever support you can bring. 
Yeah, we just did something similar for our restaurant. We had uh, a giant, and I mean a really large sandwich board sign made. And we have, you know, we're on a very busy road and stuff, and we watch traffic completely disappear. It's starting to come back now, but we have this giant sandwich board that my kids just totally painted with a spring theme with the flowers and the, all that kind of stuff. But it literally says, we will be back. We miss you. Hearts, flowers, all that kind of stuff. And it's, you know, it's a childlike thing. Thing, but you get it. You, you know, the car is driving by. It's like we're, we're trying to stay relevant, not just the social media, but also, you know, the visibility thing. Um, we actually also sort of contracted with a food truck operator who brought in a barbecue food truck and he's parked on my property and he is doing really, really well right now. So I failed to mention that we did attempt to pivot in our business. And I think this is relevant for everyone because we started talking about this. I mentioned earlier in this, in this that our sales were immediately down 70%. So we continued to open. We limited service. We limited staff. We changed our menu. We started announcing curbside pickup delivery, that whole grab and go model thing. And it bore no fruit whatsoever. It's like our consumer literally hunkered down, stayed in. We watched traffic on the road literally come to a standstill. No cars whatsoever. And we just figured, hey, we're losing so much money now. We're not even meeting break even with limited service and limited staff. We can't even, you know, this isn't working for us yet. Some people have been able to do it. And the reason for that is we have a breakfast place. You know, 90% of our business is breakfast. And so far, we don't see any breakfast places. Well, maybe First Watch is doing well, but in our location, breakfast is not the thing. You know, <laughs> it's dinner. Dinner is doing well. The pizza thing is blasting around here, but breakfast, no. So well, we don't know when a, we're coming back. There's another piece to that, which yeah. is the restaurant industry is competing against the grocery industry. It is. Right. And the grocery mm. delivery business, the apps that kind of let you purchase, you know, your grocery products online, mm-hmm. those businesses are up like 50 to 100 percent. Sorry, 50 to 200 percent, wow. depending on the app that was interviewed by Eater Magazine. Well, the, the grocery business might be way up because the, the mindset of the consumer is that groceries might be safer than, than uh, restaurants. There was, a, there was a data point in Restaurant Design and Development magazine that had said that uh, 29% of their readers still feared carryout from a, from a restaurant. Which is strange right. to me because if, if you think about a grocery store, think about Same how many thing. people have touched I know. That, that box of Cheerio cereal before right. it actually made it home, right? Yes, the, absolutely. The people in the factory and the people in the shipping of the of the products and the unpacking of the products and the shelving of the products and the bagging and checkout of the products before it actually gets to your home. So to me, I, I actually think the restaurant business is safer. You know, it's 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 uh, it's it's cooked, it's heated, it's it's taken out whatever you know uh, viruses that might be in the product. So, you know, everyone has their mindset, but we've got to, have to be realists that we're up against an industry uh, that they perceive to be safer. Well, thanks for making that point, George, because there's another way of communicating your practices and procedures with your customer and letting them know, like that point you made with the grocery store is absolutely relevant. You're right. So many more people exponentially are touching that product before the consumer picks it up. Even even the people in the stores that look at the product say, nah, I don't want that, and they put it back down. It's like, that probably happens how many times, right? But again, if you can communicate your safe practices and how you're preparing food and how limited it is. And, you know, everything you're doing, I think that that'll go a long way as well. Yeah, per- perfect. And, and, and if you can position it as a, you know, home meal delivery kit, you know, services like Blue Apron or Home Chef or some of those uh, players, they're seeing a lot of increased demand right now and they're out of stock on several of their items. So 
if, if you if you reposition and repivot your business from being a, a restaurant business the way they have historically thought about it and a meal delivery business the way they want to consume it, maybe they can cook it at home or you know, however they want to prepare their their meal kits. You could have a you could compete in their market going up right against them. What are your thoughts, George? Uh, obviously, the president and Congress and the world at large is so divided on when is it safe to reopen the country and get everything back to business? Because obviously, you know, there's so much concern about <laughs> what's happening to the state of the economy, yet there's so much larger concern about people are still dying from this thing. And we don't know if it all of a sudden goes away and then somehow it comes back months from now. We've heard that too. I mean, anything is possible. But I know that we are approaching the busy summer season in so many parts of this country where people, restaurant operators, hospitality, hotel operators, everyone is relying on the busy season, whether you're in a tourist location or not, summer business is just strong. And we don't know if by June 1st, we'll be operating again as normal, or is it July, or is it August? And will some of that critical business be lost? And then again, you're able to reopen, but now you're going into a slower time, fall and winter. It's one of my concerns. You know? Well, it's very, it's very, it's very hard to make a prediction when there's wow. such a large uh, spread between the bid and the ask in terms of what the the reopening time frame is. If you listen to the White House, oh, we're going to be reopened by May first, no problem, right? If you listen to Bill Gates, who has experience in malaria and pandemics and and disease control, he's he's telling you it's not only going to be fall 2020, it's going to be fall 2021 before we're really as a community back to normal and we're, and we're behaving the way we want to be. And just because the markets reopen doesn't mean that the consumer mindset is going to be confidence instilling for them to actually get back to normal. Right. If we use right. China as an example, I read an article the other day yeah. where uh, Chinese restaurants are back open for business, but they're at 50% of their revenues that they normally would have had in a, in a normal environment. There's a fear factor that that consumers may not go back to the restaurants just because we want them to. You know, so I, if I was doing forecasting and budgeting for the restaurant industry, I, I would be very conservative. I would not assume it's going to be anything close to normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if you're expecting a normal summer pickup and back to usual, it won't happen, right? I just don't see that happening at all. So even if the markets are reopened, there will be a sales hit there and you're going to have to figure out how to get by with less. Yeah, we all have to figure out what we're going to do and, and, like I said, take advantage of every possible concession, reconfigure business. Now's the time to shift that model to to somehow get it stronger than it was before because business as usual may not be business as usual for for some time. And again, nobody knows the answer to that. Uh, Anything else from the survey that that I missed or that we didn't talk about, George? Uh, Let me just scan the questions here to make sure we tackled all the important ones. Um, I think we got the important business topics covered. I think you did a good job of kind of hitting the key topics there. Maybe worth mentioning is who was interviewed, you know, what yeah, was please. the timing of the interview and what was the size of those businesses. You know, so this this interview, this certain you mentioned March 16th or whatever the date was where things really started to get crazy. Uh, this survey was taken two weeks after the start of that. So March 30th is when the survey went out. Yes, highly um, relevant time then. And 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 we did the survey. One, because we wanted to gather intelligence for our own business, right? We wanted to learn what's going to be the impact of the industry. Mm-hmm. But we also wanted to communicate to our customers that 
you know, we understand now it's not the time to be pushing furniture, you know, but we do have this 30,000 person database. Let's put it to work and we'll become a market, market research survey business in the short run to help you guys get some intelligence so you can make some smart decisions with your business. So that's, that's sort of what had happened. And the, and the, 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 the restaurants that were interviewed, for the most part, they were single location, independent restaurants. Um, they were all company owned. They weren't kind of a franchise kind of model. You know, and my, my interpretation from that was, you know, these are the these are family owned, uh, 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 undercapitalized businesses at risk that are going to be more hard hit than maybe a big chain would. Right, a big chain that is you know highly capitalized and can it can weather the storm better than a small business can. Maybe their reactions to this survey would have been a little bit less doom and gloom, but you know given that it was these small businesses that were suffering the most, I thought that was interesting to share. Um, and in terms of uh, you know their revenue size, these were all you know most of them. I'd say sixty percent of them were all a million or less in revenues. You know, so that means 40% were more than a million, but the, the vast majority were these small businesses. So I figured it was worth kind of sharing the background of who these businesses were. Um, the other thing we're sharing was, you know, what was not shared in the link that we sent out to everybody with the results was the, the comments, the fill in the comments box, anything else you kind of want to share. You know, one person said, you know, we need help now or we are screwed. Uh, the restaurant business is done. Uh, you know, we have a very bad future ahead. It was very much a doom and gloom kind of mindset in the industry. And, you know, part of that is realist. It is doom and gloom right now. But if I could offer any insights to the listeners here is the more you can keep a positive mindset, if you can hunker down, you realize that the glass is half full, not half empty. We will figure out a way on the back end. We don't know whether that, that path is a six month path or a two year path or whatever it is. But just rest assured, we're, you know, we're resilient as Americans. We're resilient as restaurant eaters, right? The, the market will come back. We just need to figure out how to, you know, profitably hunker down and go into hibernation mode in the short run so that you can live to fight another day on the back end. Well, you just triggered another thought. And I know that certain states are changing their, their rules of surrounding alcohol. But many states, mine included, just announced that you can do takeout of beer, wine, and even mixed drinks, and along with your grab-and-go. And we know that the alcohol industry is up huge, right? Alcohol and cigarettes and those types of things continue to thrive. They're almost recession-proof industries in some cases. So there's another idea. If you sold alcohol, beer, wine, liquor in your establishment, figure out a way to offer that as, as part of your pickup and delivery service or, or your takeout or whatnot, if your state will allow it. Check that out because huge potential source of revenue that restaurants may be missing if they're not aware of it. And uh, I've been seeing a lot of Facebook posts about restaurants getting really creative with their packaging and how they're packaging like, you know, margaritas to go with their logo and the stickers on the front, little tropical purple straw with a little swiggle through it, through the top of the plastic bag that it comes in. And it's, you know, it's, it's a spill proof container, but they've figured out a way to make it really, really appealing. And they're doing huge gangbuster business with the way they're marketing these drinks. So it's all about creativity and resourcefulness. And, you know, we talked about a lot of ways we can pivot, but put your, you know. But, but, but think about what you just said. <laughs> yeah. 22 million people have filed for unemployment in the last four weeks. That's insane. It they're is. now stuck in their homes living their right. sorrows how better to kind of drown those sorrows than one of those margaritas that you, you were just kind of talking about oh it's so true it's so true yep 
So, well, that was excellent, George. Thank you very much for sharing this. Uh, thank you, one, for doing this survey. I think you're doing the industry a great service. This is all information that we wanted to hear, we need to hear. And I think that we covered a lot of topics that are food for thought, not to use a cliche in this business, but you get where I'm going with that, to figure out a new way because we have to survive. Failure is not an option. There's another cliche. This business will survive. We're all in this together. We're all doing what we can to help. So thanks for joining me on the podcast, George. And again, hopefully sooner than later, we're going to release your furniture episode because I really enjoyed that. I think, again, what you offer and how you do it and all the options that are available you know, to the restaurant and hotel hospitality operator out there. And, and you've got this huge operation going, and you really have great service. I was really impressed with that. So I'm looking forward to releasing that episode in addition to this one. Thanks for well, joining. One, me. it was great to be with you again, Roger. And two, yes, I am hopefully uh, b- b- uh, bullish on a long-term future here together and getting the restaurant industry back on its feet together. You know, and, and however we can help this industry, right? We're here to help. If you want us to send out another survey, ask more questions, let us know. You know, for those of you that are well capitalized and trying to figure out how to you know, kind of use this downtime as an opportunity to make improvements to your business, mm-hmm. there's certainly people that are doing that. We are getting calls today where they're exactly saying that we, we're going to use this downtime as an opportunity to kind of, you know, reset so that when we are open again, it's going to be a fresh reset. So just wanted to throw that out there. Great point. So Restaurant Furniture Plus. And that was George Deeb with us on the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. We will see you in the next episode. Everyone stay well, stay healthy, and I wish you all the best in the future of your business. We'll see you again. Guys, I don't need to tell you, this is a strong industry run by passionate people, and we're committed and resourceful and diligent and creative, and we're really going to come out the other side because we have a plan in place. We're planners and strategic thinkers. So thanks again for tuning into this episode. I wanted to let you know that we just launched a new Facebook group for restaurants, and I'm hoping that you'll go to it and start a conversation and interact with each other and help each other with uh, issues and challenges and pain points. It's called Restaurant Rockstars Official. So go to Facebook, join the uh, group, and I look forward to seeing you there. Thanks again for listening, and please leave us a review on iTunes. If you enjoy the podcast, it'll help other owners and managers find us. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. For lots of great resources, head over to restaurantrockstars.com. See you next time.